cafe is located upstairs in Building 1 and is open daily until 1 hour Pacific Science Center closes. Rental Information Lockers are available to store any belongs during your visit. The lockers are located in Building 1 near the Information Desk and in Building 3. Push chairs and wheelchairs are available to rent at the Information Desk and Anyway Entrance. ID Required Support Pacific Science Center Since 1962, Pacific Science Center has been inspiring a passion for discovery and lifelong learning in science, math, and technology. Today, Pacific Science Center serves more than 1.3 million people a year and brings inquiry-based science education to classrooms and COMM Unity events all over Washington State. It's an amazing accomplishment and one we cannot achieve without generous support from individuals, corporations, and other social organizations. Visit PacificScienceCenter.org to find various ways you can support Pacific Science Center. 21 Where can you buy a souvenir at Pacific Science Center? A. In Building 1 B. In Building 3 See at the Laser Dome. D at the Denny Way Entrance. 22. What does Pacific Science Center do for schools? A. Train science teachers. B. Distribute science books. C. Inspire scientific research. D. Take science to the classroom. 23. What is the purpose of the last part of the text? A. To encourage donations. B. To advertise coming events. C. To introduce special exhibits. D. To tell about the center's high story. B. We all agree, surely memorizing poetry is a good thing, and children ought to do it. But people do object. At least, they object to the idea that children should be forced to learn poetry. They tend to be people like Michael Rosen. Practical Objections to Children Having to Learn Poetry by the Government's Order Actually, Rosen is all for learning poetry, when it feels right, which is, he says, 
one of those vague phrases much hated by people in authority and yet it is at the heart of good teaching. He's on to something about the timing, but that doesn't mean policymakers are wrong to insist on pupils learning poetry. The problem is that some influential educators have come to see learning by heart as a waste of time when tomorrow's adults will want skills more than information. Let's come to the most important objects children. Their objection tends to come in the least offensive form. It comes in the question, why are we doing this? It's a worthwhile inquiry. I teach at Sherburne School, where boys do learn poetry. Luckily there's time in our lessons to answer that question. Here's one of the answers I give. There'll be one time when your good friend is going to introduce you to someone with whom he wants to spend the rest of his life. There'll be a ceremony to honor this union, and words will be very important. You're likely to be the one who has to stand up and say, let me not to the marriage of true minds slash admit impediment, and when you do that, you're going to be speaking for everyone in the room. Now, everybody breathes sigh of relief. Learning poetry and reciting poetry forces us to think of it in this public way. However mysterious and intimate poetry seems, we need to remember it's something we also share, and offer each other. So take some, and pass it on. 24 What does the underlined word it in the first paragraph refer to? A. The right timing. B. The poetry with vague phrases. C. The government's order. D. The natural way to learn poetry. 25. Which of the following would be favored by some influential educationists? A. To guide children how to recite poetry. B. To instruct children on how to get information. C. To teach students real-life skills for the future. D. To force children to obey the government policy. 26. As for the children's question, the teacher should. A. Consider it offensive. B. Take it seriously. C. Dismiss it as worthless. D. Discuss it after class. 27. What's the writer's attitude towards poetry learning? A. Objective. 
Be supportive. C. Critical D. Disapproving. C. Jane Austen began her second novel, Pride and Periudike, before she was 21. It was originally titled First Impression because the appearances of the characters created the plot of the novel. However, because the novel is also concerned with effects of the characters' first impressions, which is their prejudice. Austin found the title Pride and Prejudice more suitable. The tone of the novel is light and satirical. Scenes such as Mr. Collins' proposal to Elizabeth and Lady Catherine's visits to Lizzie at Long Bearn provide humorous relief to the readers while at the same time showing certain features of the characters. For example, Lydia's lack of common sense and responsibility is shown when she takes pride in being the first Bennet girl to be married. Elizabeth Bennet's ability to laugh off her bad luck and to continue to be cheerful also contributes to the tone of the novel. As a result, the mood of the novel lacks dramatic emotions. The atmosphere is cold, there are little description of the setting. The Ma'ayan actions of the novel are the interaction 